Welcome to Game Changers Live from Miami, Florida. My name is Sergio Tijera. I'm your host. And each and every week, we bring you someone who has been a game changer in their field and who's touched the lives of thousands to get their perspective on their journey, their mindset, their struggles and successes so that we can inspire you on your journey. So let's get started right now. All right, all right. Welcome to Game Changers, everyone. My name is Sergio Tijera, and we're live here from Miami, Florida with our special guest on here, Frankie Ruiz. How are you, brother? I'm good, man. I'm good. Nice to see you, Serge. <laughs> hey, great having you on, man. So for everybody out there, Frankie is the chief running officer at Lifetime, and he's a co-founder of one of Miami's signature destination events, of course, the Miami Marathon. I'm a big fan of that. I've been doing it for years, and so have thousands of others. So over the last 18 years, this event has infused over $200 million into the local economy. Many in Miami said they couldn't support a, you know, a marathon. He said he's very proud to say that uh, they've been able to prove that theory wrong. But running in Miami and the rest of the U.S. is alive and growing rapidly, as we know. And much of that is credited to the success of the endurance destination events like the Miami Marathon and events associated with Lifetime. So enhancing Miami's quality of life through, participate, uh, through participant sport events is most certainly one of his continuous objectives. Frankie's a cross-country uh, coach at Belen, where he's led the team to 10 state championships and one Southeast National Regional Nike title. And his other passion is around creating uh, what has become the world's largest weekly free run club, the Baptist Health Brickle Run Club, powered by Nike. And that run club is now part of a group of eight run clubs in the South Florida area. So... Great to have you on, brother. Thank you, man. Long time, long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Frankie and I actually went to college together at, at FIU, and, and many of you guys know him from FIU back in the days. And he's done some amazing things since then. And so let's get into this, Frankie. I, I know that you know one of your success stories is obviously the Miami Marathon. And I want to talk a little bit about that, but I want to get into the stories behind the, you know, the the success, right? Because this is about your your journey, not only your successes, but your struggles, your doubts, kind of what was going through your mind when you guys decided to take on this project of the Miami Marathon. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, Miami, uh, Miami's has got a special place in in my heart. I, I've been taught since a very young age to to love it and. And uh, falling in love with uh, with the city kind of led me to to this idea, um, and and I think along the way I've I've learned more about Miami and learned more about Miami's history and stuff. But I wanted to make sure I was part of that history in a in a meaningful way. And and so initially, uh, getting this uh, this uh, little monster off the ground, um, it was uh, you know obviously it, it has its challenges as any entrepreneur. Uh, might have, but uh, but it definitely turned into a journey that that led uh, you know to to uh, to where we're at now. But the the race uh, started off uh, rather modest. Uh, someone was reminding me the numbers the other day were in the three thousand range, and uh, this past year had uh, or I should say twenty twenty had um, close to twenty two thousand plus uh, when you you throw in the the 5k the half and the full wow. so it's a whole weekend but uh but yeah we we started this thing off uh um you know i don't want to say not knowing what what we were doing but uh just uh you know kind of coming into it 
that it was going to be something we were going to grow long term and learn as we went along and and we were forced to learn rather quickly but uh but here we are 18 years later and i think it's been a, a catalyst for a number of of changes in miami so the thing that you never know when you start off a project like this is that you don't know what you don't know and <laughs> a lot of times i think we we go into it with a bit of of naivete um thinking that all right if I, if I haven't thought about it, probably can't happen. <laughs> and now we look at, you know, COVID and everything else like that. What were some of these, these, these struggles or, or these roadblocks that you hit that you didn't see coming along the way? Yeah. I mean, uh, my, my memory is not the greatest, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to recall the, the, the sleepless <laughs> nights, but, uh, but certainly, you know, I think overall the, the, uh, the theme that resonated out there was that Miami just couldn't couldn't support a signature uh, major city distance running event uh, such as a half or full marathon of of this size or of this uh, uh, magnitude, and and so I think that was sort of an underlying current that that uh, we were fighting constantly, where uh, the reasons we were given were it's too hot. Uh, People don't care. They're, they're it's it's a it's a fair weather town. They're not going to support, you know, running athletes. Um, you know, it's a uh, it's not um, a, a, a place that's been kind to its its previous marathons uh, in the 70s and 80s, uh, where where government ended up uh, being um, a non-supporter eventually. Uh, so there was a, a, a ton of hurdles that we identified early on and we knew we had to do certain things. So, you know, for instance, on the government side, uh, I made sure that my relationships and, and the trust I had built uh, over a short period of time in, in, um, in, in some of these um, uh, leaders at the, at the time, mayors and, and even state reps and commissioners, that uh, I wanted I wanted their um, support so that we can close down 26.2 miles of roads. It was actually after Bad Boys uh, filming that, uh, it was, a uh, it was not, uh, wow. it was frowned upon to close any kind of road. So we had to, you know, kind of overcome that one challenge and we did. So we did it, you know, um, by, by creating a coalition of, uh, homeowners association groups, uh, charities and, and other groups that were associated with the event that first year, um, to convince them, Hey, this is a short lived time. We're going to do it on a Sunday morning. And, uh, and they, after that first year, I think they started to really trust us. Um, and then, the, the the other hurdle, major hurdle, like I said, was was the heat. Um, you know, it, it was it was telling the world that Miami is uh, is a cool place in January. Uh, the word "cool" can be taken two different ways, but but uh, it's certainly not. Uh, you know, who knows these days? But we're not going to have snow in January. But but uh, it's also not ninety eight degrees and uh, you know, right. humid. Uh, so it was our coolest, driest month, and we had to get the word out there. So. Everything from the way our marketing was positioned, making sure we didn't put too many photos of beaches, uh, the colors, uh, all that, all that stuff was was very well thought out to make sure that people didn't see heat in in um, in Miami. And uh, and then I guess the the last challenge I mentioned there was two, but the the, the third challenge was that Miami Miami's running culture locally still was not. Um, fully connected and, and maybe fully, um, not that it is fully developed yet, but, but it was, there wasn't a nurturing ecosystem that, uh, you know, we, we knew we had to, to create. I mean, back then it, it wasn't really a thing, you know, people weren't out running all the time. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think it was a thing in other cities. Uh, yeah. you know, as, as many things land here a little a little later, um, or we decide whether or not we're going to take them in as as Miamians, uh, running was just not one of those things that um, we we were embracing at the mass uh, scale that that some of these other major cities around the world were were embracing. Um, and and so to change that, we we introduced um, uh, some smaller well run professionally organized uh, 5Ks, um, a series of, of even even as high as a 15K that we had at, at one time, uh, just giving reasons for people to train and uh, and stay engaged all year long. Because at the end of the day, we're not just selling people one day. It's real easy. I'm not going to say it's real easy, but if I, you know, if I invite you to a one day event, um, that's one thing. But if I tell you that you've got to spend 18 weeks getting ready for that one day event, you might... Uh, you know, you might think about it twice. So that took, you know, some motivation. Yeah. And part of that uh, was creating events surrounding the, uh, the Miami Marathon. And you have to pay, you know, 100 bucks or 150 bucks so you can train 18 weeks for that That's one. Right. <laughs> yeah, you need you need a, a training plan. You need a coach, all those things. Uh, so we, we, we worked with a lot of groups here locally uh, along the years, uh, throughout the years, rather, uh, to kind of do what we can to support their efforts, help them with their their numbers, get their word out. And and thankfully, there's still some of these same groups that started off 18 years ago training for the Miami Marathon, still putting, um, you know, putting those uh, those folks at the start lines of, uh, of races all around uh, Miami and, and, and beyond. I mean, Footworks is one of those that was back, uh, you know, around 18 years ago, and they're still around getting people to start lines. Team FTC is another one. Um, there's uh, there's quite a few runners deep up in Broward, and these groups really kind of they're small businesses. So that was the other thing that like we we didn't want to come across as being some big you know giant here. So we knew we had we had to bring up these small businesses with us. So you've been running your your entire life basically, right? I mean, you've been running since you were you were in probably middle school, or high school. What got you into running? Like, what is it about running? What does running do for you? So I've been running since I was, I, I, I want to, I, I, I just picked an age. I think it was 10 and let's just call it that. Um, and, and, and I got my dad to think, thank for that, where he just invited me to go out on a run uh, with him. Um, and, uh, and I kind of never looked back after that. I was just like, oh, this is, this is cool. And, and I think what attracted me most to it um, is, is how different it was uh, from what every other kid was doing. Even though I played soccer and I did all those things, I think it, it, it uh, pulled me because of that. And, and so I think what I still enjoy about it is that I still think that there's enough difference in it in that you can make it different than someone else. In other words, if somebody goes out on a five mile run this morning, his experience is going to be entirely different from your five mile run, right? Like you're still doing the same activity, but you might do it in a different place at a different pace with different people. Um, so it's still different. You can make it as different as the person next to you. In fact, that person could be running the same course, the same day and whatnot. And it's still a different experience okay. from your vantage point. So I like that. Um, and then, and then I guess the other thing that kind of keeps me in it, um, really is just the social aspect of it. Uh, I, I, I think it's cool that, you know, I, this morning, actually, I turned down one of my close friends uh, invite, which I rarely do. If anybody, anybody ever wants to, to get a yes for me, just invite me on a run. It's not that I'm obsessed over running. It's just that I, I, I do enjoy the company um, of someone yeah. while we're sweating and, and kind of exploring different parts of Miami. But I turned down my friend this morning and it reminded me, you know, how much I'd like, you know, the social side of things because I'm still going to run this afternoon, but I just couldn't do it this morning. So, yeah. 
All right. So whoever wants to go on a run today, call Frank. He'll go out and spend his entire day running with you guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, almost the entire day. But yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll run, especially if you got like a cool cool area I haven't been to. You know, I think uh, I think it's uh, you know one of those one of those ways that you can explore where you live. And on that note, though. So exploring which, where you live, when you run and you're actually going somewhere, I don't like running on a treadmill because I feel like I'm not going anywhere. I'm not seeing anything differently. Like <laughs> I feel like I'm not accomplishing anything. And so when you run out in your community, like you said, you're seeing things from a different point of view that you would probably have missed driving by. And there's so many yeah. great places to run in, you know, in South Florida and, and, and have that bond with somebody else where you can get those juices flowing. You start coming up with ideas, start thinking creatively because of that mind-body connection that there is. Yeah, no, uh, you know, the, to the person that hates where they live, um, I tell them, you know, go out and run. Um, one, you're going to obviously realize that that certain things are not, you know, as good as they could be. You might see some trash on the ground. Hopefully you pick it up. But um, but more more importantly, I think you're we have a, a natural tendency to, to be connected to our out, outdoors. Um, whether you live in the most nature-filled uh, environment or, or you know, a concrete jungle, uh, we have this this need, this innate need to to be outside. I think, and and so if you want a healthy mind um, and 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 a body to follow, I think I think you got to put those those uh, outdoor elements in there. And and I you know I I think some of my best ideas have come after I've run, some during, but uh, but mostly after where I just feel like I already I cleaned out the system. Got the uh, the circulation going and 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 the heart rate up and and um, it just it just like like I heard someone say the other day I'm like no one ever I forget exactly how they said it but they said, you know no one ever finishes the run and says man that was a mistake um, exactly you know, even when even when you run too fast or too far you always feel like you did something that uh, helped you and took care of of uh, you know your your uh, your needs at that moment. Absolutely. Yeah. Whenever I go run, it's, it's, it's a definitely a release. I come back, I'm a lot more calm, collected, thinking more clearly. And I don't know about you, but because of the juices are flowing, I'm listening to podcasts, I'm listening to books yeah. and it's just like, it absorbs like a sponge. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I run, I run with the high school kids, um, for about six months of the year with the, the Belen cross country team and, and they kick my butt. <laughs> I, I, I gotta be, I gotta be careful. I say I run with them. I run a little bit with them. And then the rest of the time they, they leave me behind. But yesterday, for instance, I was on, on a, on a nine or 10 mile run with them. And, um, uh, I, I running with them, they run with a speaker, right? Like they actually run with music in their hand. Uh, this, this UE boom, um, you know, speaker and, and, um, they were listening to Guns N' Roses and some things that were, were, were a little shocking that they listened to, but, uh, you know, in terms of, of, of old school music, but, um, you know, that's the only time that I'll run with music. Uh, the rest of the time, uh, I will probably listen to a podcast or, you know, something, something like, like what you get, uh, uh on here. Um, and it, and it really just kind of sinks in better than if I was just sitting in my car in traffic, um, it just, I don't know, I connect better with it, especially if it's related. In my case, I, I love to just listen to running and, 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 and business related things. So if it's related to something you do on a regular basis, it just, just stays in there. Entertainment wise, like I'm not one to, you know, to, to listen to maybe nonfiction or something like that on, on a, on a run, but there's people that, that enjoy that. So I think, uh, you know, my, my wife, for instance, she loves to listen to reggaeton. For me, that's entertainment. Like I, 
I, I, um, I don't connect as well with yeah. it uh, in my ear while I'm running. Not that I don't like reggaeton. It just, just doesn't get me, um, you're you know, trying in to that state of mind. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, the pace. <laughs> yeah. One of the purest forms I think of mind body connection is running. There's also swimming. Like we talked about, um, a few days ago, but there's really something important and, and running is you, you ha your mind is on the pulse of your body, right? I mean, it's, it's feeling it, right? It's driving, it's driving your, your mindset and everything else. When the four minute mile was broken back in the early, I think it was early sixties, late fifties, it was, it was considered impossible for somebody to break a four minute mile. And once it was broken, then it just like the floodgates opened up. Tell me about yeah. the mental toughness that is developed with your runners in Belen, for example. How do you train that? Look, I, I, I think uh, there's a misnomer out there that running is, is mental, right? That it's all mental. I, maybe even yeah. in my early days as a coach, people would say running is so mental. It's just mental. And, and the first you know, a few years as, as a coach, I would say, yeah, you know, you guys got to be tougher and, and, you know, you got to put your mind to it. You got to focus. And then, and then I started to realize that, um, you know, there, there, there needed to be training, um, that would back up your, your sort of fortitude and your, and your, right. um, you know, your mindset. Um, and you so I it. think what's that? You can't wing it. You can't go right, just right. And go run a marathon. And, <laughs> Yeah. And I, and I think that that applies a lot to life, right? Like I can sit here and say all, all I want that, you know, Hey, it's mindset and you, you got to say yes to everything, or you gotta, you gotta be focused. And I say, yeah, that's, that's all great to say and put up on your wall and everything. But, but if you don't have uh, the work to back it up and you've got nothing, you've got no confidence that you can actually make it happen. So, you know, my kids have uh, this week, the, the high school kids, they've got their state meet this, uh, this Saturday leading up to we've done enough goal uh, oriented work that tells them that they can put, you know, one and two together and, and, and come out with three and, and, and so forth. So just sitting in a room saying that you could do it, it's only going to take you so far. Yeah. So the mindset there is even in business, you know, is, is, is one that you've got to build confidence a little bit at a time so that when it does come down to, you know, delivering the product or the service, or in this case, in our, in, in my case was delivering a race, that it it all came together because you did all the work leading up to um and i'm in the event business and and if and if you you know you didn't do the work prior it's going to show on event day you know when you have your less than perfect uh showing and most of the time it's going to be a little less than perfect but the more work you do before the the the, the, uh, the more confident you can you can kind of push through that mental um you know as they say that that mental barrier so we're on with Frankie Ruiz, Chief Running Officer of Lifetime and co-founder of the Miami Marathon here on Game Changers Live. And so one of the things that uh, Dr. Carol Dweck talks about in her book, and it's called Mindset, talk about the difference between growth and fixed mindsets, where fixed mindsets feel like they're just born this way. I can't get any better. I'm just, I am who I am. Growth mindset people are infatuated in love with the process of growth. And so putting more emphasis on the grind, on the process, on the training, loving that part of it, as opposed to putting too much weight on the result. Because the race, yeah. you know, is one day, right? But you're training, like you said, for 18 weeks, um, a year, sure. you could be training. And so you really yeah. got to love the training, not so much the race, the race will just take care of itself, right? Right. Yeah, I, I think too many of us train to race and and not enough of us train to train. Um, you know, I, I don't want to become a professional 
practice runner either. And not that, not that I'm, I'm going to become a professional runner, but, but I don't want to be good at just training, right? I don't want to be good at just, you know, rehearsing and, and, you know, and going through the motions. I actually want to perform. Um, and, and I, I think the more you pay attention to the process and the more you analyze what you're doing, making sure you're doing the, the little things right. And that you're, you're, um, you're being aware, you're, you're self-aware of what, what, um, you know, that effort looks like and that it's being, it's something you do consistent, um, then the actual, um, outcome is, is that much better or, or closer to what your, your, your desire, your goal is. Um, but definitely I think that runners embody, um, just that. I mean, athletes in general, like they understand that it, it's a, or the good ones or the great ones understand it's a little bit at a time that it, it, it requires uh, a lot of great work to be great. Right. And it's, it's very cliche and so forth, you know, that the process, the process, the process, but um, the secret is, is, is in the process, not just game day. Um, you know, I, I, I think that all too often, when we say that people choke on game day or, or choke at, at, at on race day, it's, it's, it's probably because they just didn't perform. Uh, they didn't train uh, the right way to train. Um, and, and that training in the case of runners is, is long training blocks. It's, it's, you know, a, a period of time where, where you're, you're basically grinding and working hard in, in a smart way, but, but uh, there really is no shortcut. I mean, um, I love, I love the sport because, you know, uh, you can't roll out of bed and, and, and be great at it, yeah. at it. And I think that's, you know, for the most part, life, right? Exactly. So, Frankie, what has been, who has been a game changer in your life as you've grown up as, you know, was there an inflection point that really just catapulted you, your confidence, your, you know, was it an event or something that happened in your life that was a game changer that really lit a fire under you and just, you know, help your your confidence, help your career take off. Tell me a little bit about that. I mean, there's been a couple moments. Um, you know, I, I I actually believe in 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 um, in that it it it, sh it doesn't hit you right off the bat just one right. one moment. Like I'm 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 one of those that I think you need to kind of hear it a few different in a few different uh, places to to really direct your career, direct your business, or direct your uh, I don't know your whatever you might want to study or whatnot. I think it's, it's, it's a little bit more than just, you know, one moment. Um, so I look back at a, at a couple uh, places. Uh, one is um, there was a, a writer at my, at my, on my, at my high school for the newspaper that wrote an article on me. And I, and here's the, 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 the kicker. I'm not, I wasn't the fastest run on the team, but in his mind, you know, I was, I, I was, what embodied a runner and an athlete. So the headline read, you know, Frankie runs for his life. And I, and I thought, I thought, you know what, that's, that's actually pretty cool. Like it's, cool. it's really not about being the fastest. It was, it was just, um, you know, that I was going to have some element of running in my life that I know I was going to go and start a marathon. No. So that was one, one kind of game changing moment. Um, after that, the next one was probably, um, during hurricane Andrew, uh, and, and I shouldn't say necessarily during the, the hurricane, but after right um, the, the cleanup, um, we had all this garbage piled up in front of our house. And my neighbor and I were like, well, why don't why don't we because uh, that obviously Hurricane Andrew hit in in, uh, in the summer and Halloween was around the corner. And uh, after so many weeks of you know not going to school and all that stuff. And so we, we got all this garbage and decided that we were going to turn it into a haunted house. And um when when I 
kind of organized this haunted house for the first time, I didn't realize that it was going to be the beginning of my sort of uh, production life or my event planning life. Uh, I loved promoting people uh, to show up to a place. Um, and now I've applied that to whether it's a run club or, or to a race or, you know, to anything for that matter. I love crowds, obviously pandemic aside. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've got to wait a little bit, but, um, but I love kind of just putting people together. And I remember looking at that moment at the line, there was a line of a thousand, you know, maybe not a thousand exaggerating, but maybe a few hundred people lined up in front of my parents' house waiting to get into this haunted house. And I thought, you know what, I, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life, whether it's haunted houses or, or something. So there was that moment. And, and then along the way, it's just been a lot of reassuring, um, you know, moments uh, that either people have suggested this is what you should be doing for a living or this is what you like. And so I think I think even now I still look for those moments to, to keep reassuring that this is where uh, I want to stay in. I love it, man. Frankie, dude, you've been part of the uh, Miami community. You're a staple here. You're one of Miami's favorites and, and you contribute so much to the community, not only through your events, but you also help out the community and you're helping make making that ecosystem in Miami possible for runners, which is so fantastic, man. Congratulations for everything you've done, brother. It's good Thank to you, see man. you again. Hey, where can people reach out to you? And and by the way, you just you just you guys just put together a fa fabulous race, which was probably one of my favorite races was the runway race yeah. at MIA. And for those of you who are out there, I swear to God, I felt like Tom Cruise in, in <laughs> Top Gun. Minus you look like Tom Cruise right now. You look like Tom Cruise right now. <laughs> minus the motorcycle. The headphones and everything. It was so cool. Such a cool race running on the runway. Um, tell me quickly about that before we wrap up. Yeah, man. So that was... Uh, an event I was asked to, to be a part of. Uh, it was an event that that had been in the makings for a long time. Um, again, like I've said before, it's fun to take running where you don't typically see it. And and uh, Miami International Airport was one of those willing uh, venues that um, said okay during the you know the pandemic. Um, you know, hey, this is a big space, and we can we can make this happen out here. Um, you know, it hadn't been done in in the history of of the airport. And there's other airport races around the country, but they're again back to what Miami was missing. We didn't have this uh, signature 5K or any kind of endurance sport on, uh, you know, what, what I think is one of the nicest airports in the country, or yeah. if not the world. And and so locking down that runway was was historic. Um, you know, obviously air travels down a little bit, but um, it, you still had, I mean, I heard somebody that, that ran the race. I don't know how fast he did it, but he, he counted nine planes taking off during his, his race. Yeah. So I think the slower, the better, <laughs> um, you would have seen that many, but, uh, but that was, that was important. I think for a couple of reasons, one, it, 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 it allowed for, you know, our, our airport to be featured. And, and at the same time, it allowed, um, us to, uh, sort of break the seal that events can come back. Uh, in a safe manner to Miami-Dade County and South Florida, and we were we were happy to be part of that um, that initial sort of op reopening of running. And I look forward to, to you know to more opportunities, um, you know. And and if I, and if I will, I, I encourage you guys to stick to some of the virtual stuff that's out there. Um, the Miami Marathon Lifetime Miami Marathon virtual race um, is a, is another one that that I think um, will keep us in the spirit of running. Um, so I, I know I saw a lot of people at the runway race saying, Hey, I'm getting ready for that one. So you got half a full or a 5k that you can be a part of through the lifetime, um, Miami marathon. All right. Frankie Ruiz, chief running officer at lifetime and co-founder of the Miami marathon. Keep it going, my brother. 
Love Thank you, man. Lot, man. We'll see you soon. Be safe. Right. Don't stop. If you loved what you heard in today's episode of Game Changers, please subscribe and rate us. The lessons and the stories in these podcasts are immensely valuable, so I invite you to share them with a friend who needs to hear it. You may end up being the game changer in their lives. 